This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Altitude. Adjustment. Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis along with Warren Harper and Leonard Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. Uh, the twice a week podcast about people, politics, and professions. It is 2 p.m. Saturday, January the 28th. Today's topic is partners in crime. Now, when I proposed this um, topic, uh, what we do is we have our production meeting and we decide on topics that we want to cover. And, and I pitched this and, and then I, I gave it, I wanted to give it the topic uh, partner in crime. And, and somebody on our team goes, there ain't no crime. <laughs> so I said, the title is a tongue in cheek reference mm -hmm. to married couples. There are a lot of times you uh, talk to people and you laughing and joking with them and you'll say, uh, this is my partner in crime. Or you'll introduce your, your significant other is this is my partner in crime or where is your partner in crime? So that was, it was supposed to be a lighthearted look, well, a, a lighthearted uh, reference to um, your your significant other. But the, the the article that got me to thinking about the topic, um, and you'll find it in the show notes. So uh, if you're interested in looking at the article, so the title of the article is "The Case for Impeaching Clarence Thomas." The subtitle is the Supreme Court justice refuses to re recuse himself from cases in which his right wing activist wife, Jeannie, has a clear interest. Democrats should punish him for it. Now, I'm going to a little later take issue with that subtitle. But um, so the idea was uh, how people in the public sphere, how they're um, significant others can impact their being able to do what they do, act, uh, their professional um, life. And I thought this was a significant article because um, Justice Thomas has, you know, different issues that come before him that he has to, to legislate on. And his wife is clearly visible uh, clearly active on those topics. And so the question I'm going to put before you guys is first off, is that a conflict of interest or can that be? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm you, glad you, you asked, didn't leave me you hanging. Asked, huh? You asked me something to say yes. And here's why. All right. If he's up there making pronouncements on something that will become law, and she's sitting up here actively uh, involved involved in in rallying for one way or another. That's not good. Does that reflect? Does that reflect on him? Her involvement in those campaigns does that? So, so the question becomes. Can he remain impartial 
when his wife is an activist? I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I mean, my, my thing would be if it's an, if it's a, an issue actively involving his wife, he should step down and recuse himself. Absolutely. Let's just, okay, let's just say this is technically judicial, but right now everything is political. And this guy is on the political right. His wife's on the political right. This is a political, basically a political case because of her ideas and her stances. And he's going to side with them. I think him being a Republican just pretty much proves it. Everything the Republicans do is 100% partisan. And he's no different, in my opinion. So the optics are extremely uh, to the case where he should recruit, re, uh, recuse, recuse himself. himself. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I had, so his wife supported an organization that paid for buses to bus people to January 6th. Okay. It's quite possible that some of those cases could wind up in front of him. Yes. Okay. Well, I hope to God, Congress, people in Congress would raise that up and make it clear that he sh what he should do. That's pretty obvious, but uh, they need to they need to speak out on that if if it gets to that point. They can raise the issue. But he doesn't have to pay him any, any attention. True. And he can do whatever he wants to do. Because they were just talking about how recently with uh, Donald Trump trying to keep all these papers that were under his, under his administration away from the January 6th committee investigating the January 6th incident and Clarence Thomas was the only judge that said, no, you know, that voted with Trump. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 And like you said, she's, she's working for an organization that sent people there on buses mm -hmm. and he already then voted say, no, let's keep these papers away. And when we have laws that already clearly says that the prior president doesn't get to determine what should be presented to the public and what should not be. And the, the thing is, a lot of this stuff that Trump is filing for, the court should not even hear it because he has no standing. He has no standing for this. Well, okay. So So I'm I'm looking at you know this is going on there appears to be uh, a unique uh, situation where her her activism uh, so so he's considered a uh, um, conservative judge 
and mm-hmm. and I don't believe there should be anything that that sh- that no judge should be considered conservative or liberal or progressive. That's a judge should be impartial, and that should not be associated with a judge. But unfortunately, in our society, we have to give things uh, a title. We have to brand it with yep. something so so that people feel better about it or worse about it. Um, we're going to call it liberal or we're going to call it uh, progressive if we want to make it if, if you're going to make it a boogeyman or or we're going to um, rally people around it. Instead of, that's a, huh? That's the exact point I was making about the the video we discussed earlier. You know, it's labeling. Mm-hmm. But my, I, what I wonder is, is there any sort of precedence for the other uh, sitting justices to speak out in a case that's so blatant? Hey, you know, this guy has conflict of interest. He should recuse himself. Is that allowed, or is that has that ever happened? I think that's a really good question. I don't know if it's happened. Um, and recently there was this story that came out on NPR about uh, Gorsuch not wearing a mask and uh, Kagan, you know, being concerned because she's at compromised health, which later the story was uh, challenged. Um, and I don't know what the, the final determination on that was. Some people say it, it, it never happened. And, you know, and, some, and NPR, of course, is standing by their reporting. And so I'm not quick to call NPR a liar. Um, but, but they seem to rally around each other as far as the judges go. They didn't seem to want to um, bring that, you know, uh, liberal conservative stuff into their, into their circle. And they seem to, to still try to maintain some level of civility towards one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the court itself seems to try to rise above, but I don't know, you know, answer, going back to your question, you know, um, will they be willing to call out one of their brethren for mm-hmm. behavior that is partial or biased? Yeah, I mean, if he's being an outright asshole and uh, is obviously not obeying the rules or the, the guidelines, I mean, sometimes you have to call stuff out. Mm-hmm. Well, they, uh, Judge Kagan. <laughs> recently called did some calling out on the court not uh doing a judgment on the texas anti new anti-abortion thing Mm because we've already got you know all the way up to now court precedent has has remained law now with this texas crap they're allowing it they're allowing it to stay to not make a decision on it 
to go ahead and allow basically Texas's law to pass. And there was another thing too. It was like back in the 71, 72, the Supreme Court allowed that you as a government entity cannot cannot uh, put your law enforcement abilities to any private organization. Like with Texas, there's, they're allowing these private organizations, private individuals to file uh, against these doctors. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that discussion was, no, you can't do that. If you're a government entity, you have to take the call. You have to uh you have to you know either be the enforcement the agency. Right. You have to do the either the criminal or the civil enforcement. You can't go and allow private individuals and private organizations to do that. So uh-huh. so one of the first things I think you said was is that uh Kagan called out her contemporaries. And I don't, what she called them out on was about the law. She didn't call them out about uh, them being political or them uh, being conservative. And, and I think her job is about the law. And so when she makes the comment that she feels that they didn't follow the law, I don't think that's calling them out. I think that's just um, p- part of their job is, writing dissenting uh, uh the dissenting opinion and so and so that's going to happen um but i but i don't see them splitting on you know on more personal lines it, there's no personal attacks there's no you know you're a conservative who who who's violated um you know, jurisprudence and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, it's, it doesn't become personal. They, they stay above that by always talking about the law and keeping it about the law, but that um, they tend to maintain um, a level of cohesion as a court. Correct. And uh, because what's been talked about recently, and I think Kagan was the judge that mentioned it, he said people are going to start to not trust in us because for years the Supreme Court has been able to stay among above the political frame. And they're showing now uh that the federal courts are, are part of the political frame. Because, you know, they believe that once, you know, all of the, all of the, uh, what's the words I'm looking for? They're, they're, they're becoming political. They're going against the political people. And there's more people that are becoming political that now the conservatives are going to the last ditch effort of the of the uh government is to control the 
control the uh, judicial branch. So, so the fact that that people label judges as uh, conservative or uh, you know give them political tight uh, political um, nomenclature, mm-hmm. um, I think is a com- huge disservice to the court system because it does become, make it become polarized. So a judge has to, so, so we see a lot of people talking in the press. Uh, uh, Biden has a, uh, um, a, a, a Supreme court nomination that he's going to be able to uh, place. And, you know, the conversation is what is, are we going to maintain the conservative lean of the court? And that in and of itself becomes the divisive issue. And it's not the judge and it's not the judge's skills, but the judge's take on, uh, on society, on political issues that become the problem. And so during the confirmation process, a judge has to walk this really crazy line. They have to, um, appeal to people who want to see them be either uh, progressive or conservative or, you know, whatever, and be, be completely um, impartial in how they plan to, to um, work from the bench. So, so they're walking really these really crazy lines and, um, so I'm not so much. So I think that that does a disservice to us as a country to put that on our judges, to put that on our legal system. Um, but, but, but getting to, you know, what I was saying about, um, Clarence Thomas in the sense that he has a wife who, you know, he goes home to every evening who is politically active in cases that are going to come before him in cases that he's going to have to rule on. And, and in the sense that, um, you know, as, as I was saying, we want to try to eliminate or or eliminate the political, um, you know, names to judges. This just really is this, it's just, it's as close as you can come to a judge is saying, I am, uh, you know, I am a conservative. I am a liberal. That's as close as it comes because you've got, you know, your, your mate, um, um, supporting these issues in a very public way. And then you turn around and legislate and people can, draw a direct line between your um, your rulings from the bench and your mates um, uh, activities in society. I guess I didn't really ask a question, <laughs> but, but that's, that's the problem that I see here. And, and that's the harm that I think is done. And so, and so I think 
that it would be to the best interest of the country if if something were to break in that cycle between um, Judge Thomas and his wife, because I think it it does it's doing a just an absolute tremendous amount of harm. And part of the reason I say harm, because remember I said I was going to come back to this the subtitle on this uh, article. Uh, the subtitle being the Supreme Court justice refuses to recuse himself from cases for which his right wing activist wife, Jeannie, has a clear interest. The Democrats should punish him for it. They're saying he is clearly identified as um, a right wing judge. And that the political party, a political party, should punish him because they believe he, because the, the writer of this article believes that he is acting in the interest of um, the right wing party, which to me reinforces the idea that hit that Tom Justice Thomas's wife is creating a problem in the system and she's defiling the whole court system and the idea of impartiality, impartial jurors, jurists. Because why should the, why should the democratic party um, punish him? Why shouldn't everybody punish him if it's understood that he's creating the, a problem by having a wife that is doing what she's doing with cases that have to come before him. Everybody should think that that's wrong. Everybody. Well, you have to, go ahead. You have to believe this is wrong, first off. You got to remember that we're dealing with people who <clears throat> want power no matter what. Okay. They want to run, run things no matter what. She's not, only thing she would be worried about is if someone else had the power and she didn't have it. And I'm just thinking, she's got to be saying that she's in favor of this because, you know, she's got, her husband is one of the people that control the courts. And so she's got to be thinking, oh, yeah, we got this now. We're in charge and we're going to run it our way. And, and that's and that's and because somebody thinks that way. Further to me. Further uh, supports the idea that that the damage that the two of them are doing to the court system is, is getting out of control because people, because they, because they completely eschewed the, um, uh, the idea of impartiality mm -hmm. because, because now people can believe that um, that a justice 
is okay with their partner um, slanting the view of the public that I am not a fair jurist, that I can't render my, that, that somehow in my household, the two of that the two of us are either conspiring, or or I am um, um, complacent in the the idea that 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 uh, we're com- working together on this on, on converting society. I work from the bench; she works from the public. Well, the issue I'm looking at right now is that there are several news articles on the subject uh, by Jenny Thomas, Clarence Thomas, but these are news media outlets. Who within the government has raised this issue? Because the news news, uh, organizations don't enforce the laws. They don't uh, pass legislations. They don't do it. They have no real governmental power. So has anyone inside of government came forward and addressed this? So now I, I don't, so, so my thought is, did you have a comment, Leonard? I was going to let you no. go first. Okay. So, so your state, your, your, your approach is someone with power fix it. And I think the people with the power is Jeannie and Clarence. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. The right thing is the right thing. And so no one should have to tell me, no one should have to tell me when I know the right thing. He's been a jurist. He's been on Supreme court for years and he understands impartiality. He's been a judge. So no one should have to tell him. No one should have to bring up to him. No one should have to encourage, admonish, do nothing. No one should have to say to him, this is a problem. Yeah, I I get that. But in today's political climate, uh, how do we expect people to do the right thing when we have so little examples of it being displayed right now. And I agree with you. And that's the scary part is that you have someone in such a prestigious position in a position um, that impacts uh, 50 states and two territories Mm -hmm. that won't do what is won't protect Um, impartiality, the, the perception of impartiality. You mean like the recent past president we've had? <laughs> I, you know, I <laughs> well, he, you know, he's a symptom. The, the point is this guy is threatening to run again and People are concerned that he may even win again. So can we blame it on this one individual if if he's should 
possibly win an election. Now, whether that election is fair will probably be another subject, but just we've got to look at what the reality. People have twisted mindsets now, and this type of thing uh, is normal to them, to a lot of people. Business as usual, or they're just turned a blind eye. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that, you know, last, last week, one of the episodes of last week, we, we talked about, um, and it always one of the episodes when Leonard was with us, we talked about, um, people voting for their representative, even though that they know that their representative, like, like Leonard said, um, everybody else's uh, representative is bad, but mine is good. <laughs> and and we know that that's a problem so that that the voter has a responsibility. Right. And that's what you're saying is voters should have a responsibility. Voters have some responsibility in fixing this problem. But also elected officials and I've tried to I'm trying to spread the spread the blame around. Sure. Elected officials have um some responsibility in doing things right. The courts have some responsibility in doing things that's right. Um, the president, the vice president, and on down the list from the top down, everybody has some responsibility to fix the problem. And I, and I get it. What you're saying is that all sounds good in theory. Give me some idea of how we get there. How do we get from where we are to where we need to be? And, you know, I, I wish, I wish that I had the answer because the truth is not what they, they want to hear. Right. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to, they don't want to sacrifice anything when a man, looks into the camera and says, we're not going to vote for this candidate because it's the last um, year of, of a term presidential term uh -huh. and then goes back on that. How do you get to honest and fair? How, th that is the epitome that is the ultimate of dishonest and unfair. And he got reelected and he's still head of this party. So you're it's right. Human. <laughs> We're dealing with people. And that's why we have laws, we have ordinances, we have regulations. And still, yet and still, people will do what they can to work around them. But I see a lot of situations where there need to be rules and laws, like the one you just mentioned with the uh, voting on the judge. Put it down that it must be dealt with in a timely manner. You just can't put it off and not have the election for partisan reasons. <laughs> they had the power to do it, so they did it. So, so Fred says, 
that, sir, is the definition of politics. And that's <laughs> and and uh, I laugh because I can't really argue with him. That is the definition of politics, that our politics have gotten to the point of where honesty is a is not even a byproduct. It's not even an accidental thought. It is unimportant, period. Honesty is unimportant in American politics. But we've got the best system. You see the people in the press talk about, um, well, he'll say these things in the, in the primaries and then he'll change during the um, general election. Mm -hmm. So the idea is I don't have to be consistent and honest the whole time I'm running. I can be several different people, say several different things, and even contradict myself. And our and press, for it. huh? And be rewarded for it. And be rewarded for it. And our press says, hey, that's how politics should be. Because they report it as if this is okay, this is acceptable. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when you have choice. You always have an option to go with the other guy. So what do you do? Neither one's perfect. You got to go with one or nobody. That's, that's the bottom line. If the one you turned out pick turned out to be jacked up, dishonest, <coughs> corrupt, well, you followed your conscience or your heart or whatever, but you know, it's done. We have a choice when it comes to electing people. Now, now I, you can understand why people say, what the heck, you know, <laughs> they always talk about the lesser of two evils saying that already, uh, precludes that they know they're going to get some evil. They know they're going to get some problems. That's exactly right. Yeah. It says, I, I don't trust anybody to do, to be honest and be forthright. Mm -hmm. Now, some dis, some claims of dishonesty are false. A candidate oh, yeah. says, I want to try to do this. I want to try to accomplish this then um and then in their legislative attempts they're blocked by people that have the same equal amount of opportunities to block it and then they and then someone says well you see he was dishonest he didn't do it well because he tried and failed it's not dishonesty and and so the, the concern here is, is that a lot of times, um, we have people pointing out what saying something's dishonest when it's really not dishonest. Um, just because you, um, want to try to do something. I, and I, 
get, to give an example. So, so Biden said early he wanted to, uh, not early, but anyway, Biden talked about um, voting rights legislation. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it done. <clears throat> but there are people, you know, want to say um, he didn't try. But they don't know what he did or did not do. They only have a few headlines that say he did or didn't accomplish it. And then you have pundits who may or may not have very good information making projections about why he didn't accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And so and so the system t- starts to turn around and feed on itself. Um, Fred says, uh, the media is dishonest. I don't think that the media is dishonest. I do think that there are people in the media that are dishonest. And I think that that's different. Um, there are people who are trying to do the best that they can to be honest. And, um, Getting to honesty is a can be an uphill battle, especially in a society that doesn't um, favor honesty. Um, if you have a if you own a media company and one of your star employees, uh, pundits or whatever you want to call them, is considered to be dishonest by most people that disagree with him. Does that make uh, the company honest or does Tucker that Carlson. reflect on the company as being dishonest Tucker because Carlson. they've got him out there speaking as a representative of that broadcast company? And, and so that's a good question. I like that question. Um, and and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the the whole um, the wife is doing things that reflect negatively on the husband's professional career, or the husband is doing things that reflect negatively on the wife's professional career. I don't I'm equal opportunity here. Okay. Um. You've got a uh, news person. So remember, um, what is his name? He's on, he's on the 11th hour. Uh, he, he's the host of 11th hour. Um, uh, Peter Williams? No. Brian Williams. Brian, Brian Williams. Brian Williams. Yeah. He used, to be, used to be host on the 11th hour. Brian Williams held the chair of national news anchor for one of the big three. It was found that he embellished a story. That is a human behavior. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just want to be, you know, we, we, we get close 
and and we want to be recognized for getting close. And so we we might embellish a little to get us over the top. Okay. But it's an embellishment. It is not the truth. He's taken off of the national news and given the a rung just below. There are a ton of people who would like to move up, but you've taken someone who has embellished and, and trust me, I don't have any animus for the man, but you've put him, you've, you've given him another chance and I, and I'm all for giving people another chance, but how do you do that when you've got other people or you should have other people hungry to move up? So what does that say about the organization? When they do it or fail to do it. When they when they've taken somebody that is embellished mm-hmm. and basically um just moved them around like the Catholic Church. That was bad. Mm-hmm. I apologize for that. Why? Because it because it was. it was a bad analogy. Okay. So so they rather than Rather than saying, thank you for your service, you have embellished a story. Um, for the for the life of you, there will be people who will never trust you completely again. So giving you a seat of trust on a national level is the wrong thing to do. But that goes to what you were saying. It is going to be hard to if the if the people in power are willing to prop up people that are willing to embellish. It's it's okay to be human. It's okay to make a mistake, but you live Mm -hmm. with the consequences of that mistake. Because if you don't, you will make that mistake again. Sure. That's the whole point of living with your mistakes. Mm-hmm. But if I embellished and I get a second chance and I, you know, I, I leapfrog people who have, who have done the work to try not to embellish, who suffered through by not embellishing. And I leapfrog those people. What what message is being sent? Is that if we like you, we'll forget all your sins. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. What what messages conveyed when they look over the wrongdoings of someone that represents them? doesn't give them them a good image at all so then i would ask question what do the uh, consumers or the viewers of that network feel about uh 
being uh, or embellishment or being truthful or dishonest? Are they willing to accept that and why? I don't know if they have a choice. If (laughs) seriously, I mean, Uh, yes, if you, you could start a, you could probably start a campaign and blah, blah, blah. But I think people have seen that, that the people in those higher positions don't take it as seriously. uh So, so why should they? Because they'll go through and they'll get him kicked off the air and he'll wind up someplace else. Because we don't hold honesty high. What we hold high is dollars and cents. And, you know, what can make us the most money? Trust isn't even a byproduct. Trust and justice and fairness, it just, it's gone away. It doesn't exist in in our society anymore. It's a punchline. Well, what do we do? How do we address that issue? Uh, we're dealing with, I, I like to use the word culture. This, this is where we are, who we are as people. How do you change it? You gotta, I guess you got people have to start be willing to accept punishment for, for the shit that they do. You know, we have, uh, a lot of religious people in the country, a lot of people are believers of various faiths. Our main religion here is Christianity, Mm -hmm. but I keep referring to the (laughs) lines of Jesus when he had to say, oh, you hypocrite so many times. I think he was pretty much saying, you're gonna be who you're gonna be. Mm. You know, this is who you are, but I'm trying to talk to you and people, are hypocritical when they say they believe one thing or they they write guidelines and rules say specific things and then they turn around and completely ignore them and we see that in our government a lot yeah so people that we elected i i you know i We can create standards that are so tough that no person can live up to them. But we're now creating standards that are so low that no, almost no one can get under them. You can't make the mistake. You can't make um, a mistake so bad that you're done. All they do is they move you to another network. We have, um, you know, people that were on another network. Uh, We have people in Congress that have said things that are so far fetched. So, so out of line and yet they get reelected and yet they maintain their committee assignments. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yet, like, oh, huh? 
It's like a movie. It's like they're actors, more or less, playing a role. Sure, sure, sure. I, yeah. you know, you know, your your question and my question is: is how do we get from where we are to where I think we need to be? But there are people who think we are where we need to be, because if 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 we're not holding up honesty and truth as the goal, then we can put anything anywhere and accomplish what we want to accomplish because we don't have that hurdle of it being truthful and honest. Yeah. Well, one thing we have uh, started to um, latch on to the last few years is when you're talking about truth, now we have these things called alternative facts, <laughs> which tend to help you uh, skirt your way around truth now. Okay. okay, so you say this, but no, this is actually the truth over here. You know, we're going to ignore that now, but this is the new truth. So <laughs> <laughs> we got other facts now. That's that's out the door. I understood. I think it's um, Al... Uh... Reverend Al Sharpie used to say all the time, you entitled to your own mm -hmm. uh, truth details, but not your own facts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> facts and truth are here's what happened, here's what it is, here's what goes. Uh, you can, you can, uh, oh. You can have what you call as facts, but here's, here's the truth, and here's what it is. And we've gotten to the point to where we accept people with our own facts. Like I just remember when uh leslie Starr was interviewing the previous guy while he was in office and she said well you know she she brought up the conversation they had and he was like yeah i'll say it when i say uh uh different facts he said i just got to keep that out there so when i say it people will start believing it and we got that with uh, January the 6th. And, 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 you know, we're getting all that now. Mm -hmm. And that's because he kept, he kept going around saying, uh, what I'm saying, don't listen to what they show you. Don't listen to everything else. Listen to only what I'm telling you. Yeah. And True. Truth and honesty, you know, truth and honesty is, um, it's a punchline. It's not, you know, um, I'll tell you what the truth is. Right. And not, and not that we come, we determine together what the truth is. And then we both live by that. It's I'll right. tell you, um, that way I'll always be right. Right. Cause the truth will it's always right. be what I say it is. 
It right. It's always about me. Just like this thing with uh Spotify that's going on now with Neil Young. And he told him to take his music off because Spotify wants to keep carrying around playing this uh stuff by this comedian. I'd have forgot his name now. Joe Rogan. <coughs> Joe Rogan. Who's giving out stuff that scientifically everybody knows is wrong about COVID and vaccination. And all Spotify could do, well, we hope Neil Young changes his mind and comes back on the show. But why do you in that type of medium want to push around lies money we talked about that we just talked about that i understand i understand right right so they they pay they pay joe rogan hundreds of thousands of dollars for his show so they have an investment so joe rogan says something that is on the edge I won't even call it over the edge. Joe Rosen says something that's on the edge. What is one of the factors that they're going to use in moving forward? What do we have invested in this? Do we get our money back? Instead of, is this the truth? Is this the best thing for society as a whole? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like you said earlier, um, it's about the money. It comes down to money. This Joe Rogan situation, Mm -hmm. if Joe Rogan's network is $100 million, uh, according to Forbes, his podcast income for 2019 was $30 million. Mm -hmm. Think Spotify is doing pretty good with him being on there? I'm going to say yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's just, it's just that we, I would like for us to get back to making the truth and, and right the goal. The thing is, um, lies and deception pay better. Uh-huh. It pay. it just, it just does. It pays better. So how how do you get people to go, you know what? I'm not going to get that second house. I'm not going to get that fifth car. Um, you know, we're going to make sure that this is the truth. And we're going to and we're going to, you know, take Joe Rogan off if we're going to we're going to eliminate that episode if he tells one lie. If he tells one lie on that episode, we won't air the episode. What do you think yeah, it happened? Well- you know, what, what do you think it happened? Joe Rogan would <laughs> probably take more time to say things better. Right? No. You don't think so? No. He'd he just give up a few episodes here and there? He, he probably, he'd say, hey, you know, um, Spotify is, or whoever is, uh, they don't, they, they're thinking about cutting me off, giving me the ads. <laughs> And within a couple of hours, he probably has so many offers 
making more money. <laughs> he could say, "Hey, I'm out." <laughs> you know, and that's the and that's the and that's the horrible part of it is that you you're right that yeah. somebody will pay that somebody it's that someone mm -hmm. will pay that the truth is not as important as right. a, as a second bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's just not. The truth is just as not as important as a second bathroom. Yeah, I mean, uh, certain things sell. Now, and that's it is what it is. It is what it is. I agree. All righty, so we're gonna do this uh, uh, Tommy Laren thing. We got four mm -hmm. minutes. We're gonna do yeah, that, or we're gonna give it some time tomorrow. <laughs> It's up to you. Yeah, let's do it tomorrow. Let's let's give it to sometime okay. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because I'll I'll just stop you guys tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> do do you think you you got you got a lot of ammo for um our conflict in Ukraine uh, show tomorrow? You know, this thing is ongoing. So yeah. Uh, well, I know Leonard. When we when we started talking, Leonard said, "I've been watching this, and I watched all this, so I know he's raring to go. So, so I know I'm gonna have to stop him tomorrow, right? Right? Just stop me. Just stop me when it's time to deal with this knuckleheaded woman. Okay, we'll 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 roll with it. Okay, okay. All, all right. right then. All right. All righty. We will. Uh, we're gonna end a little early. So I guess I'll let these guys go on back to doing what they was doing. Uh, I want to thank everybody. Any last comments before we get out of here? Oh, no, we're not asking Warren anymore because he last time we did that, he yeah. he wanted to talk about uh, civil war at on the on the last question before we got out of here. So now, yeah, I'll hold that. I'll hold yeah, that you, you will hold. I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you so much, brother. Probably 2022. But you know, I, we, it's probably it's probably something we we can cover. I just I don't I don't know. I just think it's oh, it's no rush. It's no rush. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can't cover it today. <laughs> right, right. We can, yeah, we can't do it today. All righty. I want to thank right. everybody for joining us this afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow at two p.m. Central Time, uh, and thank you for joining us. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares and comments so please like share and comment on this and other episodes of altitude adjustment because it matters and as always look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you